welcome to Skidmark Show, the most socially distant show on the internet. Hell, we're so ahead of the curve with this pandemic that Jeff and Ethan aren't even in the same state right now. That's social distancing level expert. And in these strange and tingly times, we want to encourage everyone to stay safe and stay home if you can. That way you can listen to every episode of Skidmark Show as loud as you want and the boss won't know because you, fella... You're the boss now. Plus, with all that extra free time some of you have, you can pick up a new hobby or even start a home business. Just don't be one of those people that starts a podcast in your garage. There's too many of those out there right now. So sit back and relax and enjoy more Skidmark Show. And by sit back, I mean at least six feet away from the speaker. My voice is coming out a little, little, for, a little one more, a little further back, please. Powered by Piz Oil. Hey, what's up? This is Marshall from Hinder, and you're listening to Skidmarks. Hey, this is Joe from Theory of a Dead Man, and you're listening to Skidmark Radio. This is Alex Roy, who uh, broke the Cannonball record back in uh, 2006, and this is the Skidmark Show. Hey there, and welcome to episode 114 of Skidmark Show, your favorite show about cars and rock stars. On this effervescent episode, I talked to Casey Kohler, who's the VP of Track Operations with the NHRA, and my buddy Sean Hamm, who happened to be one of the top tour managers around right now. He's been the tour manager for world touring artists like Three Days Grace, Brantley Gilbert, Muse, and he is currently the touring VIP project manager for Metallica. Yes, Metallica. He has probably the coolest job on the planet, or at least he will when bands can get back on tour, that is. He handles the VIP meet-and-greet experiences for fans at every Metallica concert around the globe. He's also an artist, a musician, and soon to be a tattoo artist, too. I met Sean back when he was the singer for the band Neverset out of Dallas, and we've bumped into each other backstage at concerts ever since then. But before I get Sean on the show, Wes Scantlin from Puddle of Mud checked in with a message he wants to share with all of us. Take it away, Wes. Hey, everybody, what's up? It's Wes Scantlin from Puddle of Mud mud urging you to hang in there we are all in this together i need you to all listen to happy music i need you to keep your family safe i need you to protect yourself wash your hands wash your face just like it's always been i'll tell you what we can make it through this everything's cool just you know keep rocking keep hip-hop and keep bouncing keep rolling you know what i'm saying i know all you ladies are tripping out but don't worry about it. starbucks will be open in a little while chill out relax hang in there we are all in this together so thanks wes i was going to officially promote him to the position of skidmark show pandemic reporter on the streets so check in with us again soon mr scantlin now back to the show and my friend sean to tell us how he's handling the shutdown and being shut in Hey, brother, how are you doing? Hey, what's going on, man? Just chilling at my little home studio in Florida now. Hadn't uh, talked to you since, what was it, Rocklahoma 2017 with Three Days Grace? Is that the last time you and I saw each other? Uh, Probably, yeah. It's been a while. It has been. Now, you and you and I knew each other from a long time ago when you were in Never Set, your own band touring around. Since that uh, Never Set kind of uh, moved off to the side a little bit, you've been doing a lot of tour manager stuff. So how many bands have you managed? What other bands have you managed? And what are you doing now? Uh, I've been out with a few people over the years. Uh, I mean, I went from uh, Never Set. I went started with Three Days Grace. I was with them for about 10 years. Um but off and on between them, I was with some hip hop artists. I went out with uh, Bone Dugs and Harmony, DMX, which was a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, did some touring with country artists, Brantley Gilbert, Dirks Bentley, and now I've been with Metallica for about the last about three years. So that's got to be insane, uh, yeah. man. So full time with Metallica now. So 
So I was noticing that your um, your official title is, uh, I guess, the VIP project manager at Metallica. So you get to hang out with all the cool kids that get to come backstage and stuff. Yeah, that's basically what I do. So I advance, I handle all that um, as far as their enhanced experience. They have this massive museum that tours around with all their personal belongings. So we have that set up every show so fans can purchase like a higher tier package to come and check all that out. Um, and then we do like a meet and greet with the band uh, where the band hangs out with them for like, you know, one-on-one time for like five minutes each. So um, it's pretty cool. They get photos with the band and stuff. So yeah, Metallica is cool because we get to do, we do a lot of world touring. So um, we've been, I mean, many, many countries over the last three years. So it's been really cool. Plus you get to uh, say, you know, the guys in Metallica. I mean, that's like just one of the really badass perks of the job, right? Yeah, that's it's not bad. <laughs> I remember in high school, like, uh, I mean, I think it was Lollapalooza, like, 95 or something. It was in, in my hometown. That was my hometown claim to fame in Paris, Texas. Is like we had Lollapalooza because we had, like, a lot of land, and it was, like, Rage and Metallica and all that, and me and my friends went, never knowing this many years later that I'd actually be touring with them. So it's kind of cool. That is pretty badass, man. You've definitely turned um, the band thing into something going uh, really well for you touring with. And you went out with Muse for a while, too. So you've had Muse, you've had Brantley Gilbert, uh, Metallica, and Three Days Grace. So you're just kind of all over the musical spectrum there. Are, are, the, are the, the the artists different like, compared to the music they make, or are, is everybody just like regular people? I mean, for the most part, everybody's pretty cool and every regular. You know, you'll run into your, you know, just like the same stories of, you know, um, some artists that are a little, you know, think they're on top of the big, you know, on another planet. Um, luckily for the most part, everybody I've worked with, especially bands, you know, like size of Metallica, they're all down to earth, cool. They, you know, um, care about their crew, care about their fans. So it's been, you know, lucky so far, but there's been a few artists here and there and members that are, you know, that aren't the most pleasant to be around or work with, but it's a job. And like any job, you're not always going to get along hundred percent with, you know, band crew, you know, everybody right. you work with on a daily basis especially when you're you know cooped up in a bus for months on end so well hopefully metallica gives you guys um a few more buses per traveling crew so you're not crammed like 20 people in the same bus or or is it that bad sometimes no no metallica is really really cush fortunately you know the point of their career um that they kind of you know take care of everybody you know our usually our buses aren't packed we usually have a few open bunks for junk bunks and like when we're doing the international tour we're usually flying everywhere um flying in between a lot of the gigs so it's pretty easy um hotels every night you know not in your own your own room unlike the never set days we'd get a super eight and we'd have like eight guys piled into one super eight <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i remember yeah, some so of those days man that's for sure yeah, yeah. So I definitely put in my dues in the van in Super 8 days. And now but, you're at the top uh, yeah. of your game, man. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. I can't, you know, can't complain for sure. So, it's corona thing going around. You know, with the coronavirus now changing everything, um, and guys like you who make a living at live events and big crowds and touring, and obviously that's been put off. Your South American Metallica tour has been postponed till what, December now? Yeah, December, we're going to go out, yeah. So well, hopefully things have gotten better by then. You know, we're all waiting to see what the hell could happen next. But So what do guys like you, are you doing okay? You don't need to scramble and try to find some side hustle. Are you going to be okay to just kind of ride this out? I know you you were doing some artwork and doing some of that online. 
Yeah, I mean, luckily for me, I'm I've always been like a super penny pincher. I don't blow my money. I don't like try, you know, I don't like flashy things. I, my car's paid off. I I shop. I still buy my clothes at Walmart. I grew up poor, so I'm used to. Um, I, this ain't nothing, no, nothing new for me. So I, I'm fine. I, I save my money. So luckily for me, fortunately, I saved you know, a lot of money, quite a bit of money over my touring career. So, uh, it sucks always have to dip into saving because, you know, you don't want to do that, but, um, yeah, I, I'm okay. And then like on the side, I, like you said, I do paintings, I do a lot of artwork. Um, I just, uh, like in, if the coronavirus wouldn't hit in about three weeks, I'd have my tattoo license that this time off I've had, I've, um, done a tattoo apprenticeship for like the last year. So I'm getting my tattoo license. So once everything kicks back up, I'll be tattooing in between touring and doing my artwork. So I kind of, I, I, I like to be busy. I can't like not do anything. Right. So, um, yeah, so I, I'm okay. Unfortunately, you know, unfortunately there's a lot of, you know, touring, you know, service industry people, tons of people like that, that are, are really hard. Maybe they didn't prepare or they couldn't. Um, but Fortunately, there's a lot of like relief, plan, like Live Nation just rolled out this big relief plan for touring like musicians and crew and stuff um, that hopefully will help a lot of people get through it and hopefully it won't last too long. So, right. Um, and, you know, if summer tours kick back up, then, you know, hopefully everybody get back and be fine. So. And one of the things, because um, I've discussed this with a couple other people, some guitar techs, uh, like for Tesla, uh, going to be on a show coming up. Um, one of the things, when you're working for a band like Metallica, when everything is back to normal and Metallica goes, okay, let's get back out on the road, they're the kind of band that could do that because they know that they're still going to have the ticket sales um, no matter how many acts are scrambling to try to get back out on the road and make their money. Some of these smaller bands, they're going to have to scrap their, their whole tour. Do you know any guys that are having to do that right now and don't know if they're even going to be able to get back? out on the road uh, i mean I'm, I'm assuming yeah i mean there's tons of bands that are you know at the mid-level and you know obviously not at the level of metallica that they're you know the livelihood is touring and merch sales and things like that and they're playing clubs and theaters and stuff like that so hopefully for them you know they're saying fans you know they they didn't have to re you refund all the tickets and they're just holding on to them and maybe they can just book it back. So hopefully that's the case for them. Um, but if not, I'm sure, I mean, all these bands that are out touring right now, you're not going to be a touring band unless you're a hustler because it's just too hard. Um, if you're not a hustler, you, you won't last six months touring on the road. So hopefully these bands and their management, and everybody puts their heads together, and, you know, um, gets it all set up once it's all smoke's cleared that everybody will be back and be super busy and maybe even busier than they were before because everybody's been cooped up. You know, all the fans have been cooped up. They're going to want to hit, you know, hopefully hit some shows and uh, hopefully it works out for everybody and maybe may readjust everybody's mentality and, you know, not take touring and you know being able to go see a show for granted you know so a lot of people would be like oh i'm not gonna go see this band because there'll be another show next week you know especially in the u.s it seems to me that everybody's got a little jaded like that in major cities you can see a show almost any night of the week sometimes two shows um every night of the week as opposed to some places i've been to like deep siberia russia to where they maybe only get one or two shows a year wow so Hopefully that, that kind of readjusts everybody in the U.S. and some music fans and like be grateful that we have entertainment in our lives to be able to freedom to be able to go out and see that, you know, so. Absolutely. Yeah, I live in uh, Tampa now and there's almost too much stuff to do. Like the Stones were supposed to play in July and Guns N' Roses in August. Obviously, those are both postponed, but you know those guys are going to come right back because it's the Stones and Guns N' Roses, they'll never get off the road. 
Oh, exactly. Like bands like that, they can they they can pick and choose where they go. Like same with Metallica, they can they can pick and choose where they want to tour, when they want to tour, how they want to tour. If they want days off in between, if they want a week off in between, you know, we never do two shows in a row. We're always a day off in between or more. Um, you know, with Three Days Grace or other bands I work for, you know, every day off is spending money and that you're losing money. So you're trying to do five shows a week. You know, four or five, six shows a week. Never said we were doing six or seven shows a week sometimes. Um, with acoustic performances in store day of like, so, you know, it's just a matter of where your, your levels at, but like you said, yeah, like, you know, these big cities get everything. Like I've been to places in deep Siberia, Russia to where these people are born, live and die in that little village. They'll never leave. So if a band doesn't come to them, they're never going to see a live band ever other than maybe the internet, if they can afford it. Wow. So, you know, there'll be, it'll be 40 below snow blizzard and they're lined up down the street for hours trying to get into show. You know what I mean? So it's a whole different perspective in that side of the world. Yeah, I Maybe, can get that, know. man. The, I, I couldn't imagine what it's like because every, everything over here, it's just so easy, you know, especially in the bigger cities. Yeah, it's too much stuff going on competing for your entertainment dollar. And you know that as soon as the government says, okay, you can get back to having large groups again, it's going to be like, it's just going to be a mess. There's going to be a million things to do oh, every week. It's going to be raging. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe Metallica so, should start themselves like a, a almost a Lollapalooza-like fest and take all of these little bands out and show them a good time for a year. That would be cool, yeah. That'd be awesome. <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate you taking the time to call in and be a part of the show. Um, hope I get to see you again, and it doesn't take another two or three years before we bump into each other backstage somewhere. Yeah, man, I hope so. Thank you, Sean, so much. Thanks for having uh, me. Have, have a good one, one, buddy. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. All right, stay safe. Bye. Next up on the show is the VP of Track Operations, Casey Kohler. He's going to catch us up on the NHRA season, the calls that they've made so far, and what he sees right now as the future of drag racing. Hello, it's Casey. Hey, Casey, this is Ethan with Skidmark Show. How you doing? I'm good, Ethan. How are you? I'm great, man. Just uh, at my home studio so that I am staying home alone and away from everybody else. How about you? Fair enough. I am working from home as well, so uh, it sounds like we're on the same path. Yeah, you know, technology is uh, awesome that it's where it's at right now that most of us can actually continue to work from home and uh, keep away and keep inside. You're so right. So right. Absolutely. So you are the VP of Track Management and Operations, um, and uh, a bunch of the NHRA, obviously almost every public sporting event out there has been canceled across the world. How is that, um, other than completely upending the entire season, how is that affecting you guys and what you do? Yeah, so, no, good question. So the um, the NHRA, we, we oversee, we have 120 tracks underneath kind of our umbrella uh, across the country in Canada, and then we own and operate four tracks. So uh, Indianapolis, Indiana, Lucas Oil Raceway, where I'm based. We've got the Atlanta Dragway in Commerce, Georgia, Gainesville Raceway down in there in Florida, and then the uh, Auto Club Raceway out at the uh, Pomona uh, Los Angeles County Fairgrounds uh, as well. So for us, not only has it affected us on the national level with our 24 national events and kind of a reimagining what that national event schedule looks like, but also really for every track in the country, it means juggling our schedule really in April and May, trying to figure out 
a when you know when is it safe and healthy for not only our fans but our participants and staff members to come back to work but you know what 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 does that schedule look like from a weather perspective and everything else so the past i'd say probably week has been spent really juggling around a calendar uh, of events and trying to get into maybe a clear window that we have when it comes to um events such as july august september where we feel like we're you know we're, we're hopefully uh clear of uh, a lot of the public concern and we're back to hosting big events you know what we all do so it, it, it's certainly a big wrinkle i mean obviously un- unprecedented and we're all kind of going through this together but i will say the one thing that has been um you know a bit reassuring is it's, it's really brought all of the uh, the different tracks, as well as the different sanctioning bodies, together, and, and really trying to figure out how do we, how do we, how do we make the best lemonade we can out of these lemons? Because uh, you know, previously, I think a lot of us would put our blinders on and schedule however we felt uh, was was best for us and most advantageous for this single entity. Uh, but now, I think this has kind of forced us all to figure out how do we not step on each other, and hopefully, we can all be successful as we we slowly kind of uh, start to rebuild what we have. Yeah, and I got to say, with the NHRA specifically, and um, I would probably assume with NASCAR too, you're in a really prime spot in that when everything starts to come back to normal, a lot of these spring spring events that have had to postpone, they're all going to start booking, and so what would normally have been a kind of wide open season and lots of events people could go to, but not too much crowded in. Everybody's going to be having like four or five events every single weekend, but you've got some of those diehard fans that no matter what, they'll skip anything else to go to an NHRA race. Right. No, you're absolutely right. I think that's, you know, from a geographic perspective, everybody's kind of mindful. Where are the big events? Where, where is the NHRA event? Where's, where's NASCAR? Where's IndyCar? You know, and how do we make sure that we're not on top of each other or do the best we can to balance that schedule, but also for some of these support events that we have out there, um, you know, is there a window of opportunity for them to be successful within a, you know, two, three hour drive? Um, Because it is, we're mindful, right? I mean, there's only so many uh, hours in the day and so many fans that go around as as well as so many dollars in the marketplace, um, especially now. So we're, 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 it's, it's a delicate balancing act. I I don't think anybody's got the special formula. We're all feeling it out together and, and we won't know until we probably all sit down in November and December and see where we where we uh you know where we planned right and where are the areas that we you know we may have missed on right now and i know everybody is still working on sort of a we're waiting to see kind of schedule because nobody has any idea how long this is going to take or when they're going to say everything's safe to go back to normal as of right now are you guys slowly just sort of um postponing event by event or have you put the whole season just sort of we're going to pause everything wait till we get the all clear and then come back and, and read book stuff. Yeah. So, you know, we probably had a little bit of both, uh, you know, in terms of kind of going down parallel paths, we were, uh, as of about a day ago, um, in a position where we were kind of taking an event by event, not trying to, you know, look too far down the road because we want to be mindful. We've got, you know, we've got certain markets that have a lot of challenges in terms of rescheduling. Um, we've got a lot of racers that have time, you know, carved out for those events. And, and as I think we, we kind of all kept going and not knowing and still not, you know, still, still not knowing, you know, when that magic day is and in, in, in that's probably a market by market decision. Um, 
we, we did decide to kind of draw a line in the sand where we, for our national events, said, look, you know, we're going to do kind of a, a little bit of a, a condensed schedule. Unfortunately, we, we, we had a few events that just we weren't able to fit into the schedule this year. Um based off of kind of this this revised schedule and we're going to start june 5th 6th and 7th back down in gainesville florida for the gator nationals so we 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 were kind of on that that event by event but uh you know we've now given everybody kind of a a target that we we hope and think that we're going to be you know in a in a decent position to get back to to the racetrack and that allows the teams to kind of plan ahead and allows our fans to plan ahead uh, and then from there on, we've we've kind of built out the remainder of the schedule. Uh, what what I, I would say also though is you know for our 120 tracks that we have out there, right? They've they've got a lot of events that could be from everything a, a test in tune to private testing to you know weekly bracket races. Um, the, the list goes on and what those events are. And we're mindful that, you know, June 5th, 6th, 7th for a major event and bringing that many fans together probably is a, is a better date for us. Um, but we're also realistic that, you know, when we get into maybe late April, early May, and it's, it's a case by case basis that, you know, it's going to be a, a kind of a track by track decision. So, you know, our three tracks that are operating on kind of a weekly basis, you know, our line in the sand is today, April 17th, where we'd be back on track. But we're going to continue to monitor that and, you know, make sure that we make the best decision for our fans, uh, and our competitors from a, a public health perspective. So, yeah, it, it, there's certainly not a... Uh, a one size fits all when it comes to the the schedule. Well, if the you guys kick the season back off in Gainesville, then uh, I'm going to give you a call because I just live down in Tampa. I'll drive up and see you, and we'll hang out and watch everything come back to life. It'd be a good time. That would be great. We would love to be there. I can't wait to be. You know, first week of June uh, as we kind of get back to to racing. I know we're 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 hearing it from our racers. We're hearing it from our fans. They they're counting down the hours and the days already to to get back down there. So we'd love to have you. Well, uh, here's a question for you too. NASCAR did something really cool recently, recently, and they had that virtual race where all the drivers were there, and um, that you know they're in their own place and they had their setup and they did the, the video game race. How is there something like that for the NHRA where you guys can kind of reach out to the fans on the internet and and you got to keep that connection going with them somehow? We we do, and in fact, you know, it, it, it probably this time identifies some of the challenges that you know we we currently do not have a, a an online drag racing game that's you know you know been so popularized by what iRacing has done. Now we do have a few of our racers. Um, Cruz Pedregon, Ron Caps, a few of uh, oh, I know Ron. Others. He's a good friend. Yeah, so Ron's been. I think he participated in the 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 kind of All Star Challenge the other night. He uh, participated in uh, maybe a World of Outlaw I Racing competition. So you know our racers are staying active. They might not be doing drag racing. We've been kicking around a number of ideas of what we can do. It might not be online, but what can we do in a safe environment? You know, obviously mindful of social distancing, especially here in Indianapolis, where a majority of our teams and drivers are. Uh, but when the when the time's safe to host something that we, we talk about, kind of the daily driver bracket challenge where, you know, our daily drive your daily driver and it's a, a little bit of a bracket race. Um, you know, it could be Antron Brown versus, you know, um, Graham Rahal from IndyCar or somebody along those lines, but something that we could we could put out there on the Internet. So we've we've talked a lot about different options about what can we do both online uh, as well as, um, you know, 
in person, but also being mindful before we, you know, from a public health perspective. I tell you what, all you got to do is give Antron Brown a camera and let him go to town because that guy is a personality who never stops. That guy's entertainment 24-7. 100%. And, and you know, I, I think we could probably do about 10 of those uh, across the board with with different personalities within the NHRA. I think that's probably one of our, our biggest assets outside of just the overall spectacle uh, of what you you experience at, a, at an NHRA drag race, but we we've got some great great drivers that that recognize and, and understand that their their fans are first, and uh, access is 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 without a question the, the best uh, I think in in sports to to be able to get up and close and personal. And Antron is a, a, a wonderful ambassador, and we've got we've got a, a number of them uh, just like Antron that could that could keep people entertained for de- days, weeks, or months uh, if needed. Oh, absolutely, he could. He, he's been on our show a number of times before, and he always, faster than lightning! That's his, <laughs> his catchphrase. So. <laughs> so tell me real quick, um, obviously all the fans, they all have their favorite driver or drivers or teams or whatever, and they know how to connect with them through social media. How do, do the fans keep up with just the NHRA um, overall uh, so they can see what you guys are figuring out? Is there the social media? Do you guys have a presence out there you're connecting with? Yeah, so we're you know we're we're extremely active on uh, all the social you know the the key social media platforms obviously with Instagram, Facebook, uh, and Twitter kind of being the the namesakes that we we focus on and we've really internally placed an emphasis on generating new content, new things, or, or reaching back out to a lot of the content that's been um, you know produced over the years, um, stuff that's never been seen before. So. So I would ask fans, please, you know, look up the NHRA on their social media channel and we'll have uh, we're, we're going to continue to have a lot of new content that's being developed, but also a lot of old historical content that uh, it gives everybody a good perspective of where the sport started and, and, you know, kind of how did we get to this this position that we're at today. Oh, that's a really great idea. Just start throwing a whole bunch of the history up there so people can be entertained and informed about the NHRA overall and watch some really cool old school racers. Uh, absolutely. I was just looking through some pictures of, I think, like the 1963 Winter Nationals from Pomona. And for me, probably from a, a facility standpoint, seeing just, you know, how far we've come in terms of developing a, a facility there at the Los Angeles County Fairgrounds. But it is neat and it's also neat to see, you know, some of those heroes that they uh, they were just they were just starting out and uh, uh, it's kind of it's cool to see kind of the the, the true grassroots of, of, of where it started Casey th- thank you so much for joining us on Skidmark show today we can't wait for the season and everything to fire back up and uh, once something big happens if you want um, let us know we'll help to share it on our social media stuff and let the fans know too and hopefully we'll see you maybe in June in Gainesville sounds great Ethan I appreciate it and uh, uh, thank you for the opportunity to be able to talk a little bit about our sport uh, kind of in this in this kind of wild time of uh you know as we as we all focus at home and, and try to, to make sure we're all healthy and safe so thank you and uh stay healthy yourself and hopefully we'll see you in a couple of weeks or a couple of months here in uh in Gainesville that's all for Skidmark show thanks for listening be sure to tell your friends about us follow us on social media and leave us a five-star rating or a nice review anywhere you get your podcasts because we would leave you a five-star review if we could but that might seem creepy to your spouse so we'll just leave you with a big old virtual hug you rock love you thanks for 
Thanks for listening to Skidmark Show. We'll have another episode full of fast cars and rock stars ready for you soon. Until then, be sure to share this episode with your friends on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and all social media. And leave us a five-star review everywhere you get your podcast. Until next time, listen loud and drive fast when nobody's looking. Powered by Pins Oil.